Gear up as Katz Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Cash Miller. I am the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're going to be talking about something really important because it's data. We, If you are doing anything marketing-wise for your business, you know third-party data, which is cookies. That's the most familiar term to people, is going away, and first-party data is becoming more and more important. And so during this episode, we're going to kind of go through what that really means, what the landscape looks like, what's you know going to be happening over the future, um, because we you have have to understand this data is yeah in marketing most people that are marketers are data analysis you know we're all analysts for it that's what if you don't like data you shouldn't really get into anything digital you know nowadays i've got with me Corey Crapes, he's with Rake. They are a company that does first-party data, and really, he's a total expert on you know what the landscape looks like now and what it's about to look like. Corey, it's great to have you on. Uh, tell us a bit about you, yourself and really your company and what you guys do. Yeah, no, thanks, Cash. So as he said, my name is Corey Crapes. I'm one of the co-founders here at Rake, uh, where we've built a solution that collects, organizes, and makes it so you can utilize your own first-party website data. So the easiest way to explain it is we built a piece of software that you just set a little piece of a code snippet or script atop the site, and then it automatically starts collecting all your first party data. Um, the first tool we've come out with for this is a resolution tool that'll help people identify uh, their unknown website visitors and then actually give them the marketing profiles to market them and style their choice. So retargeting, PPC, email, things like that. Yeah, the field that we're in, um, I like to tell people this is really interesting. You know, when the government needs information, they come to marketers. It's not the other way around. Yeah, and Corey is one of those guys because they they have the ability to collect data. You know, so you visit a website. If you were to go to titandigital.com as an example, um, we will see potentially some of the data that you have. And that could be your email and your name and your phone number and stuff. It depends on what's kind of in the marketing ecosystem. Corey, give us, a, you know, a, I guess, a little bit of a rundown. I want people to understand how that kind of stuff works, because really a lot of business owners do not are not fully like cognizant of how much information we're able to like collect through different things, you know, sources like what your company does, you know, so mm -hmm. give them a little bit of a rundown of what's possible. Yeah. So, you know, these are tried and true um, technology solutions that are implemented by the fortune 500. Right. And what our big focus was, how do we bring these solutions that work to upper SMB middle market, right? And how can we do it in a cost-effective way? So a couple big differentiators is third-party cookies are going away, okay? Uh, Safari has already sunsetted them and, and Google is looking to do so next year. But cookies in, in whole are not going away. So there's still a first-party cookie, which that's the way you do like your logins and things like that. But what we do at Rake is we issue a first-party cookie on behalf of the domains to all their visitors. And then as they bounce around the rake network and we gather more data and more touch points on them, we're able to process that data through different models and actually come up with the contact information. So that could be, like you said, email address, um, phone number, 
physical address. And these things are used for email marketing, SMS marketing, and then direct mail are the most common. And then some advanced things are uh, IP addresses. Those are used a lot of the times in programmatic advertising, right? Mm -hmm. um, across the DSP. So people can bid on households faster than just an individual, right? So right. watching a streaming service, a lot of those ads are served to you based on your digital identity, I like to call it. Um, but as our network grows and we're able to identify more and more and see more and more things in a privacy compliant way, really as a marketer, you know, I think most people have kind of agreed that an email address is ultimately kind of the gold standard to get a hold of someone now. Um, yeah. A lot of small businesses are starting to wake up to the fact that email marketing has the highest ROI. Um, we have clients that, you know, for the cost to implement and send out an email blast, there's more and more tools available to make it easier. Um, but that right there, you can retarget a lot of different ways as a marketer. So, yeah. So, you know, so that the audience understands, you know, when you get an address or a phone number or something, you know, now they didn't provide it necessarily to rake, you know, they, they don't know, you know, your company or anything like that. So where is that data? the original source you know what is the the person being targeted what did they do to give up the data that allows you to get get to it to begin with yeah so uh, we call those first party opportunities but probably the most common is gated content uh one of my favorites right. if you've ever tried to get a bid or a quote or maybe a uh, you know real time i'll buy your car or get an insurance mm, quote or something yeah. like that Usually you go through the whole entire process and then at the end they want your email address, right? And they call that gated content. Yeah. Um, that's probably the most common place. The other thing is just conversion data. So when you go in and fill out and actually purchase something on a website, uh, we're able to collect that data. Chat bots, um, form fills, contact uses, anywhere where you're in, you know, inputting this data across, that's a first party data opportunity. Hmm. So what Rake has done is we take those opportunities and then we catalog those and categorize them and push all that data into a collective. So let's say you touched uh, smallbusinessdelivered.com site, you filled out a form fill. We now know that you, your device type, your IP, different things we look at and start to kind of build an authority score. And once we're confident that we know who that person is attached to that session, then we can then go ahead and distribute that data across our network. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So there's a number of things that are providing the, you know, the information and then you're yes. kind of, you know, you're, you become a hub for it. Yeah. Where it's all collected and said, okay, here. And then for whoever's, you know, yeah. buying it essentially, you know, because in the case of how rake works, somebody visited the website that you do have this data on. So not necessarily Correct. everybody that visits, but when it does, okay, well, if that you know site has got the tracking for you, you know, it's able to identify who that is and then they can use that data. Correct. And this came out of a need uh, that I was experiencing uh, back in 2018. Uh, I was working for a restricted product. Um, try to take it to market. And a lot of the traditional advertising channels weren't available. Mm -hmm. um, I started having a problem. I had to go to my, you know, my WooCommerce, my chat bot, my form fills and try to organize all this data in one place. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so it kind of started, this company kind of started out of a need for necessity. You know, we didn't know we were going to fix a problem that so many people had. 
but then we started kind of taking our lead lists. And let's say, for instance, I was selling a combustible hemp product and other people were selling ashtrays. I started kind of doing second party data is what it's called, but where you're sharing your lead list with other companies. And then we thought, wow, this is really neat. We're all getting really good results. What happens if we automated this whole entire process? Mm. And so then we went down the path of automating the collection of all this data across our network of sites, organizing it in a way, and then giving that data to to the other members once they touch the site. And that's one thing I want to be clear. We're not a we're not a data brokerage as far as selling lead lists and oh, these people are interested in this. We we only give you the the visitor information of people that touch your site. So yeah. we kind of have a joke over here, you know, internet traffic sold separately. Um, the more traffic, I'm sure every digital marketer yeah. can get a laugh out of that, right? Yeah. Um, but we can only collect what's present. So this data is already being collected by like Google mm-hmm. or Apple or whatever yeah. browser you're using, device types, things like that. And that's how they power their ad platforms. So one thing that I ran into in the beginning is a lot of people are like, hey, I don't want to be creepy. I don't want to retarget my visitors. You know, I completely get that. And we highly suggest doing them in non-creepy ways, right? More of an education or brand awareness outreach as opposed to low bottom of the funnel stuff. But your customers are already being retargeted. And they're being retargeted through these ad platforms that, as we all know, have become kind of the gold standard in lead generation and driving conversions for sites. So yeah, that's that's what we've built. That's what it does. Um, But yeah, no. So... In the case of first party data, you know, how does it differ from third party data? You know, like I say, because I think a lot of people don't always understand, you know, how third party. So I guess go through how third party data has been collected traditionally now. So, you know, now you match it up to what you've explained as far as how first party data is. And then we can see, like, you start to understand how the landscape's changing. Yeah, 100%. So for the last, 20, 30 years, third-party cookies has been the way that digital marketers have gotten insights to their web traffic. And probably the most common are, you know, some of the pixels that people use. But mm-hmm. literally, third-party data is nothing more than data you're either buying, renting, or utilizing from sources that are not tied to you in any way. Um, it's a third party. Think of uh, Experian, right? TransUnion, oh, yeah. uh, credit bureaus. There is a huge, you know, there's huge data brokers um, and if you Google, you know, you can find a list of 10 or 20 on that pretty much have data on everything. Um, the difference between that and first party data is first party data is the data that we can collect with direct interaction between you and your customers or clients. First party data is quickly becoming the gold standard because you know where it was collected. You know the age of the data. That's one problem with third party data is yeah. you don't know where the data was from or how <laughs> yeah. old it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. We've all we've all dealt with data decay where you call on a list. You know, I've done outbound cold calling and, you know, I come from a sales background. So I think I come at digital marketing a little differently, but we've all called on lists where you get the BDD where the numbers disconnected or the things aren't even active. Mm -hmm. I I get emails to addresses (laughs) I haven't used in years, you know, but I've got them set up as forwarders just as in case because they're company related addresses. Yeah. Just, I stopped using them a long time ago. Yep. And that's a prime example. So first party data is just going to give you better data quality. Um, it's also, in a lot of ways, some of the best intent data. You know, if I give you a list of 200 people and you could choose between 200 people that are from your ideal client profile and from a lead list versus 200 people that have actually touched your website, I would pick the 200 that have touched my website any any day of the week. You know they're looking at your solutions. You know they're active in the market. And so that's what we've really tried to focus on is giving people the best data 
from what they're already doing, right? You don't need to go out and implement a whole entire new process or build a new site or do anything different than you're currently doing. It's just you're actually going to start to get some, you know, return on those clicks, paid per click. You know, we were just talking about that a little bit before the show. Some of the costs that people are spending, and there's no guarantee you're going to get a lead from that. You know, on average across the industry, only 3% of your traffic fills out a form or actually interacts with the brand. So this is a way yeah. just to bring some enterprise level solution technology to, to the SMB market. Yeah. It's, you know, I say data is like, or data, you know, it's, I mean, <laughs> that's a joke no in here you, too. <laughs> yeah. No matter how you say it, I mean, it's like, it is what everything online revolves around. And if you, yep. you know, can't determine who your ideal customer is and, you know, I say if you're just buying stuff, because that's what a lot of people have done. You know, they get yep. the third party and that's why we get so much, you know, spam junk and things, you know, because mm -hmm. the the data is so out of date and it's, you know, becomes less, you know, less and less relevant over time. And it's hard to keep that updated. Yeah. So that's where you want that first party stuff to be able to really, you know, it makes a big difference. Um, yep. You know, when you're collecting and leveraging the data, yeah. What are some of the challenges that you face? Because I know like with your platform, yeah, mm -hmm. like, okay, so like we're running an experiment and testing this stuff right now. And you've got, um, you know, so many visitors and only so many of those. So you get a percentage of visitors that you can actually have the data on. And then it's a matter of, okay, I have to be able to use that data. You know, so I guess, so what are some of the challenges in making use of that? What are some of the th ways you suggest overcoming those challenges? And I, and also some, what are some of the uses when you're getting it directly like that? You know, that you see as use cases. Yeah, no. So I'll kind of touch on some use cases and then some of the ways that I've seen people leverage and overcome the obstacles. So, you know, the first thing we always say around here is, is, is don't be creepy, right? Like you want speed to the lead. But yeah. you don't want some, we've all had where we're looking at business software or something like that and why we're still on the site, someone's calling us, right? <laughs> like we we uh, we try to tell people to at least let people do what they're doing because we do push these profiles as they come in. Um, but at the same time, you know, you can use this in a way depending on what your end goal is. So a lot of people use this as top of funnel, right? They're throwing these people into their brand awareness campaigns, um, they're welcome drips, um, you know, newsletters. Mm -hmm. And where we really focus is obviously e-com is our, is our bread and butter. And that's who gets the most, you know, because their whole entire business is online and their, their yeah. store essentially is online. But where we've really seen a lot of cool use cases and good focuses on people with brick and mortar stores, uh, people with a high cost per lead. So things like, you know, um, home services like roofing, windows, things like that solar, finance, insurance, yeah. you know, just some of these uh, verticals that don't traditionally get targeted with the e-com softwares like, like e-com does. And yeah. I think the biggest thing to keep in mind as a marketer is segmentation. And depending on what you're wanting out of that uh, is I think how you segment your list. We always recommend segmenting it based on time, right? We've all gone online. I'll use an example. I just went on to a very very famous sleep mask company. My parents just celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary. Congrats okay. to them. But my dad wakes up super early. So I bought my mom an eye mask, a nice, really nice <laughs> eye mask. After I purchased this eye mask, I was retargeted on Instagram, you know, Facebook yeah. so many times 
with ads trying to sell me an eye mask. I just purchased the eye mask. Now yeah. I did have one company that pitched me in a way, hey, now that you've bought an eye mask, I don't know how they knew I completed my purchase, but maybe they just guess. And they started offering me best things that complement your eye mask. Mm. And I ended up buying my mom some sleeping gummies as well, um, just because they were targeting me in the space. So that's one thing I would say, segment your list and do it more as a complimentary offering. And then the other big thing, you know, a lot of people, it used to be kind of a bad word for unsubscribes. Unsubscribes are not a negative. They're actually a positive. They're going to help your deliverability go up. Yeah. You're also going to segment your list for you. So we kind of have some, you know, things. If you send, um, you know, email drips out and a person doesn't open a single one after three or four emails, I remove them from your list. Um, if yeah. you don't have any click throughs, things like that. So I think, you know, data can be overwhelming a little bit for some companies, especially if they haven't played around with it. But I think being true to what your brand does and what it is, if you're in a super competitive space, you know, obviously you have to get speed to the lead and kind of qualify your customers through your different outreach methods. Yeah. But it's really a case by case. And, you know, if anyone wants to talk to me more about it, it's what I do all day. I've learned more about use cases and business models and different tricks of the yeah. trade type of things in these different industries. But ultimately, uh, email, SMS, direct mail, direct mail has made a huge comeback. We were talking about that a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, it's just massive because, you know, getting that attention now is paramount. Um, we actually do some direct mail here, even though we're a super advanced data company, um, our high target clients, we still send out a, a direct mail with a gift and a, a chance to talk to them. Yeah, I've um, I talked to somebody uh, earlier today, actually, that we were talking about direct mail working because of the fact that um, it's not as saturated as it was because a lot of yep. people pulled back because they felt like they weren't getting a response. Now, people, the ones that remained, you know, are getting one. And I can see using that first party data and then you send out, you know, to those particular people and you're going to call the list because I know yep. in our case, you know, we're going to get, you know, uh, we've got a lot of blog posts and things like that. And those aren't necessarily going to be the people we target. So the trick is, is finding, you know, a piece of information within all of the other, all the pieces that you've got and saying, okay, these are the ones that would be our targets. Exactly. And we have people, you know, there's all sorts of enrichment tools out there, but a lot of people will take these lists and enrich them against other data sets, internal data sets, things like that. But one thing, as a guy that used to run direct mail campaigns in the early 2000s uh, for car dealerships, uh, we were talking about this, you used to just pick a zip code and you would blast that whole zip yep. code. Um, and I learned a trick from one guy, I was joking with another guy, they'd only mail to one side of the street. Uh, and that's because <laughs> they know a lot of their stuff would get discarded or maybe littered and other sides would pick it up. But they would play with those types of metrics just to cut down on costs um, mm -hmm. and still target neighborhoods. And what's nice about this is now you could actually run a direct mail with people that have actually touched your website. So it's yeah. going to cut down on waste. You're going to be able to hit the intent, you know, piece, which is huge nowadays. So, you know, it's, well, you, you're you, never you going to be, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you, you know, you've mentioned like brand familiarity and running campaigns that are that way. And because they did touch your website, they have some familiarity and say you're using, you know, some sort of display ad, then you throw in a, a print piece, you know, so you can use that and you can hit with multiple additional touch points, but they are familiar to begin with. They got to you, you know, exactly. now how much they're going to remember you, who knows, but it's going to be part of how fast you can kind of roll things out too. And here's another thing I would suggest that we've seen over the last 
18 months working really closely with some larger brands is when you bring in a new type of marketing, really be careful on how you judge if that marketing is working or not. Because now I think we have more of a halo effect than ever before um, with touch points and marketing and attention and all these different things that we hear about all the time as marketers. But we've found that some of the best brands keep track of the metrics of that specific campaign, but then also zoom out and look at where your metrics were as a whole company before you started this new marketing campaign. Because even though you may not be able to attribute the success of a campaign directly to it the halo effect and overlap we're seeing with some of these clients is it's really quite astounding so yeah you know because you're doing this and maybe the one piece is not necessarily having a direct effect but do that like you said look at a broader view because you might see other channels picking up you know it's like Mm -hmm. um you know because you don't know the, I guess, re-entry point to your business, you know, if you're sending email or you're sending print pieces or you're running display ads, but it's all based on that original point of data that you collected. And then which one of those others, you know, cause you, you might have other sources that you're, you know, picking up um, email addresses and stuff as an example. And now you add this in and suddenly your emails and the conversion rate of whatever you're using, you know, doing to target, you know, improves, you know, you start getting more of a return and it's like, well, What's the game changer? So you want to pay attention to that. Yeah, I think it's very important just to, you know, know where you're at before you start adding other layers. And then as you add those layers, make sure and try to give them the correct. Because we have one person whose email honestly doesn't convert a lot of stuff for them, but they get Mm -hmm. that touch point. They get that brand awareness. And especially people with longer sales cycles, right? Like it's one thing if you're selling Mm -hmm. something that's a quick interaction and, and it's done in a single, you know, deal. These people that have nine months or maybe it's once a year, right? Like we work with a company that sells uh, wood stoves. Okay. They're not selling a lot of wood stoves in uh, May, April, May, June, right? Yeah. But as the weather's starting to change right now, you know, but they do a good job of keeping their brand top of mind, top of funnel. Mm-hmm. throughout the summer they hit them with a couple emails an update on on the team you know these don't all have to be and that's the thing not everything nowadays especially has to be sales focused yeah. most of your clients or customers already know more about your industry than you probably do in some cases on their specific niche within that right so i think it's really important to be smart on how you're educating but also don't be afraid to get into kind of your story of your company that's why most yeah. people choose to do business with most companies is, you know, they either know someone there, they, they uh, deal with the story, especially if you're a local business, you know, calling on local clients, things like that. Yeah. So the other thing I want to touch on real quick is some of this can sound overwhelming, right? If you're just listening to all this, it sounds like you have a ton to do. But the other thing we really focus on rake is you can get installed and set up collecting your data under five minutes. I mean, literally, if you have access to your website and have any idea of what you're doing, we also have a WordPress plugin for a one-click install for all the WordPress sites, but you can start collecting this data now. And we do have a free plan that you can stay on forever for free. You can start collecting this data even if you're not ready to implement. And Cash, you could probably hit on this, but how nice would it be if you went to go bring on a client and they said, here, here is my email list of mm. 20,000 people and uh, I've yeah. never emailed them. I've never emailed them, right? Everyone's hmm. do email marketing until you ask for their email list. That's kind of the joke around here. Yeah, right? no. Everyone knows the great ROI and all that, but how do you build those lists? 
you can literally let this thing run on autopilot. You can export this data. We're not holding your data hostage. You can export this data via CSV. And when you hire, you know, a digital agency, yeah. like a Titan Digital or something like that, you literally have a starting point for those businesses to go after. And I'm not saying every digital marketer needs to do all this on their own, but having the data, as you've already laid out, if you don't like data, you probably shouldn't be in, in marketing at the current current point. I agree with that point 100%. Well, that's what it all is, right? So Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, we do a lot of email marketing, um, including for, uh, for some retailers and such. And one of our things, whenever we bring on a client that wants to do email marketing, we actually have a strict rule that on the third-party stuff. You know, if you bought the list, you know, it's one thing that you're collecting it off of your website. These people are familiar yeah. with your brand, you know, because we also know it's current data, you know, and so that that's fine. But if you say, hey, I bought this list from wherever and stuff, we won't use it. You know, well, yeah, I'll tell you I'm flat sure. out because because when you use that kind of data, you have any kind of major email marketing system. You use a MailChimp, you use a constant yeah. contact, any of these things. If you end up sending out a bunch of emails and you get a bunch of stuff that bounces back, gets blocked, thrown into junk, you know, unsubscribes yep. and said, I never, you know, you do any of these things. Okay. You are going to get knocked off that platform, you know, just as fast as you yep. got on it. Yeah. You know, like it, it's going to be quick because you are, you kill your sender reputation. Yep. And like I say, like I mentioned earlier, I get emails to old addresses. Yeah. And I only have them because they're they're set as forwarders, you know, in case something comes in that might be relevant, which rarely ever happens. Yep. Right. And it lands in my regular box. But in most cases for people, that is not what they do. They you know, it could be some company they're no longer at. It could be, you know, because you can end up emailing a lot of people that are, aren't actually at the company you emailed uh, yep. based on positions and everything. So when that happens and you do that. And you get a bunch of bounces. We as a company are not going to, you know, like we use Emma as a as our email mm -hmm. platform, and we're we are associated with them as an agency. Yeah. You know? So when mm -hmm. we're using that platform, if I have a client that comes through and they do that, they'll ban all my accounts. You know, mm -hmm. and, you know and we have our contacts over there. And so we have to yep. be we can't go using that. And so we have a strict rule against it. And I know other agencies do the same thing. You of know, course. And in fact, if they tell you they can use it, I would be wary of the agency, you know, in truth. Well, so, yeah, no, I completely agree. And the other thing I would say, you know, I've seen a couple of really cool things that some companies are doing. One of my favorite emails I've seen is there's a company that sends out an email to their whole entire email list once a quarter. And it says, if you do not click on this, you are going to be unsubscribed. It goes against everything we've been doing okay. for the last 20 years, right? Like people, when yeah. they first started doing it, are like, what? But then they really have, you know, it's kind of like I always <laughs> joke around. Uh, I was in the influencer uh, space, we'll call it. I hired a bunch of influencers to launch some products back in the 2018, 2019, you know, glory days of influencing. And everyone always talked about engagement rate, right? You could mm -hmm. have an influencer that had millions of followers, but their engagement rate was less than 1%. Yeah. So really, you're maybe talking to, you know, 10,000 people out of that million. Uh, the same thing can be said with email. This brand, they're a direct-to-consumer brand, uh, very competitive, uh, very competitive cosmetic space. And they literally then see who clicked on that. And what they'll turn around and do is run a special promotion 
or an add-on, right? Yeah. Promotions don't just mean discounts anymore. I wish more e-com brands could focus on that. Add-ons <laughs> perform better. Um, they will actually run a special program or you know promotion to that email list. And they turn around and do that right after they just got you to click to say you want to be a part of their email list. They were getting 30, 40% opens yeah. and getting 10 to 15% conversions on this email blast. I mean, that's just unheard yeah. of in you know, marketing, you know. But yeah, on the spam, yeah. on that spam piece and, and and like CCPA and all these things, you know, make sure that you're not doing anything that goes against can spam or CCPA or any of these yeah. things. You need to have a clear title of what you're doing a clear unsubscribe button, but use these things to your advantage. Think how you behave. You know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier too, Cash, is how we kind of get in tunnel vision. And we're so used to doing yeah. these things at scale that sometimes as digital marketers, we overlook some of the opportunities that each brand presents. Mm -hmm. And that would be my big argument with first party data is, you know, I have another use case up here. It's a company that was a direct to consumer meat uh, company. So right. think of like a, a butcher box, but regional. Yeah. They didn't know what to do. They had a very strict price point. They have a lot of overhead. They came out with a newsletter of like kind of follow the life of a cow on their ranch. Mm. It was the simplest thing ever. And people loved it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just the simplest things. Talk about your story. Talk about your yeah. brands. You know, workers, you know, LinkedIn has really taken off in the last couple of months of uh people you know becoming kind of influencers we're calling them on there but sharing their story <laughs> sharing what they yeah. do you know so that's what i would say but yeah there's a i follow one like that um uh this it's a stucky's candy brand uh i know they, the lady i already know you're going to talk about oh uh, yeah yeah she's she's yeah, very well, good yeah she's excellent at it and she's you know she talks about how she's reviving that brand you know and that's that's their content that's their social media content i'm sure she's yep. built up you know quite a big list um in fact uh i even i was in florida and um because we don't i'm pretty sure stucky's probably showing up in tennessee but i was in florida yep. and i saw the sign on one of the uh, it was a dairy queen and like coming up off the highway and i made sure to stop just to get one of those nougat you know you had a nut uh, roll yeah, the nut roll exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. So and so you're right. You know, like that's say, a great example. Yeah, you don't always have to like you use the data, you collect the data, but don't always be selling, you know, to the people, you know, because yep. you you build community that way. You know, if you're not constantly doing it, and I do actually like the idea. Like, I know it's counterintuitive to you know say, hey, if you don't click this unsubscribe, but you know we're gonna unsubscribe you automatically because. You know, and I've seen that. I've gotten a few, you know, emails from yep. different companies that do something similar because they're they're also seeing if you know, um, do you still want to engage, you know, with their stuff? Do you still want to open it up, take a look at it, and you know, you click the link, and you know, because maybe you do like the product, but because you know, some companies they they do bombard you, and you know, when it comes to email, and you did yep. give up the. Like I say I got a men's warehouse and a boot barn, you know. Like on both and, you know, but my God, an email a day is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. But I think, you know, that also, you know, there's a say, what is it? Follow an elephant through a field and the footprints will show you the way or something. I forget. Some <laughs> great, great yeah, analogy. Was, but yeah, right. The, these Fortune 500 companies, they know, you know, they're annoying you, I guess, a little bit to some degree. But I bet when the time <laughs> came up to buy something. You probably went to boot bar in a men's warehouse. 
Um, and their content must either be, you, you know, I laugh, some of them sound at the exact same time every day. So I like auto delete it with my, but I don't unsubscribe, you know, yeah. it just gets to a point where, and you can find that with your, with your, with your customer base, you know, obviously people don't need to hear about things every day to that degree, but it is working. The revenue is following. And I know that's what we're all yeah. ultimately trying to get to is how do we make more yeah. money for our businesses and our clients you right. know, in, in a way that's beneficial so yeah. i think the biggest things you know that i want people to understand is third-party cookies are going away they've already gone away on safari i don't know you know if you're in digital marketing the 14.5 uh ios yeah. update at the end of april in 2021 it was a very chaotic Dis time yeah it was disruptive and that's yeah and that was only what 30 percent of browsers i mean chrome mm -hmm. is closer to 70 percent you know if you want to go to privacysandbox.com that's Google's like web domain to sh kind of tell you exactly how they're going to roll it out. But you need to have a first party data focused mindset going into 2024. We're about ready to go, you know, Q4 for Black Friday, Cyber Monday is coming. Yeah. Like there's a yeah. lot to be a lot of activity across websites when maybe there isn't. Um, and so I think it's really smart to start collecting this data now and then you'll be prepared for when third party cookies completely are sunsetted. And you're not just left in the dark with no data. Yeah. Yep. It's time. It's you got to be prepared. And first party is going to be, it is more beneficial anyway. It's going to be cleaner, more accurate. It's, you know, yep. you're pulling it right, right off your own site, basically. Yeah. Yep. So this has been uh, great, Corey. How would people, I know you with Rake, you have a free trial. How would people get a hold mm -hmm. of you? You know, visit the website, take advantage of the free trial because they really should test this. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, so you can obviously go to rakedata.com uh, and get just click get started in the upper right. It'll literally walk you through. It'll maybe take you a minute, minute and a half. We generate everything, a little snippet of code to drop on your site. And then also I'm on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active. Um, I have a lot of conversations on LinkedIn. I do okay at posting content, but I have a lot more conversations <laughs> on the back end. Um, so you can connect with me there. And then I also have, you know, we have eBooks and guides and different things that we've built over the last couple of years. You know, if people want to email me, um, it's just Corey, C-O-R-Y at rakedata.com. You can email me and I can get you some guides, eBooks, things like that. But I always like having conversations. You can book a demo right on our website. Um, if you have any problems or any questions, you can book a time with me. I actually get on almost all of our calls still. Um, because it's such a self-serve option, 95% of our clients we don't even have a conversation with. Um, they're up and running. And then as it starts processing, we usually reach out and some insights on ways they can create more first-party opportunities. Um, but I mean, we've found, you know, we've changed, you know, we have some case studies on there. There's just some really creative ways to make this data earn you more income. And that's what we're ultimately all after. Okay. And yeah, it's just in case you're wondering, it's RA. EK, yeah, Correct. for for rake. Um, this has been great. We've been talking first party, third party, you know, data. My name's Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, we'll uh, see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.